You're listening to Jewish Matters with Rabbi Jonathan Feldman. Excellent. She's the head of the Friends of, she is the head of the Friends Association for the Baruch Pade Medical Center, Poria. Previously, she was the founding executive director of Inja's Center for Professional Arab Local Governance, the leading nonprofit organization today on issues of municipal economic development, which is extremely important, and equal governmental budget allocation for Arab minorities in Israel. Now, sometimes you start talking about the budget and you lose people, but I know since I'm a news reporter that the budget is the backbone to everything. And if people don't get the budget that they need, things are not going well. She is also a member of the General Assembly for the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, a board member at Ropin College in Netanya, and Beit Itzi Shapira for disabled children. She has an MBA in impact investment from Oxford Said Business School impact from the impact measurement program. She also holds an MA in literature from Haifa University and a bachelor of psychology from Hebrew University. Miss Zoabi is married and she has two children. How does she do it all? In 2015, she was the first Arab woman to be awarded the Israeli Good Governance Prize. In 2018, she was included at the Forbes Israel list of 50 most influential women in Israel. And I really do mean it when I say, how do you do it all? It seems that there is nothing that you haven't studied. There is nothing that you don't know about. And you're also doing it while taking care of a husband and kids. So kolakavod to you. Thank you for being with us. This is how we're going to do this, Raida. I am going to give you uh, the questions, and while people have questions in the crowd, they are going to write them into the chat, and we're going to get them get to them later. So first, why don't you tell us a bit about your background, where and how you grew up, and whether that was representative of your community? Okay, so... Uh, thank you for inviting me uh, this evening. Um, I live in, uh, I grew up in uh, uh, Nazareth, uh, which is um, the largest uh, Arab town in, uh, in Israel. Currently, we live in Nazareth Elite, which is uh, the uh, Jewish uh, uh, town uh, near Nazareth. Uh, and we moved from Nazareth um, almost 20 years ago. Um, um, as, as you uh, mentioned uh, before, um, I have studied several, uh, several um, um, you know, um, uh, majors, uh, but um, if you ask me what, how, the, uh, where did I grow up and, uh, and what was um, um, the things that, uh, that made uh, me today, um, maybe I can tell you a little bit about um, Nazareth as an Arab uh, town uh, in the uh, in the 80s and in the 90s. It was a very very small town um, with um, a mixed city, what we call it, uh, Christians and the Muslims, uh, and of course, uh, you know, it is a very very famous uh, uh, town because of uh, of Christianity. Um, there were a lot of uh, uh, tourists and uh, and people coming from all around uh, the world, um, but uh, um, it was a, it was a really uh, a small town in uh, also in in the way that everyone knew everyone. Um, we had a very very um, a nice and and positive uh, connections uh, as neighbors and as uh, people going to uh, to the to the same schools. Um, Nazareth is uh, famous not only because of the religious uh, um, aspect of it, but also it was uh, the center of a lot of um, uh, missionary. Uh, a Christian missionary that uh, uh, was based in Nazareth uh, during the 80s and the 90s century. Uh, so um, there were uh, a lot of schools, uh, Catholic schools um, uh, and Protestant schools uh, that were uh, established in Nazareth. 
and there were also hospitals that were established in Nazareth, uh, you know, the British, uh, Scottish uh, uh, hospital, uh, the Italian hospital, and the French hospital. Uh, so in a way, it, it's a very, very uh, unique uh, um, town, but it's also representative of all uh, Arab towns uh, in Israel, in a way that... Um, it's, uh, it had uh, uh, reserved its own uh, Arab uh, um, elements of it, uh, history, uh, narrative, uh, um, and identity. But also it is because of the fact that it is situated in, uh, in the Galilee, uh, it had, the people of Nazareth had uh, have a lot of, um, uh, and still do, of course, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, trade um, and business uh, uh, relations with uh, neighboring uh, um, Jewish uh, towns and villages. Um, maybe I can tell you a little bit about uh, about uh, you know the the Arab community in Israel in general. I know that uh, you said that uh, uh, budget uh, makes people uh, uh, bored, but I think that uh, you know. Right. We, before uh, before you go on, I just want to. Uh, state that we are now broadcasting live on Facebook. And before we continue, I just want to reorient anyone who's joined us late or who is now watching us on the live instead of through the Zoom. Uh, we are here with Raida. She is an activist for the Arab community, and she's going to speak to us about her story, about how she's taken all of her different degrees and experiences in life and uses them today for improving economic circumstances for the Arab community. She is from Nazareth. And anyone who's joining us, we are now on the Sunset Series. The Sunset Series is our event that we host every Monday night at 8 p.m. Israel time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're currently doing the Sons of Abraham, which is a mini-series. Within the Sunset Series, we're highlighting different communities that all claim uh, Abraham as their ancestor. And now we are with Raida. She is telling us about her experience. And please go ahead, tell us, you were telling us about how the budget may seem a little bit boring, but it's very impactful. And yeah. here's why. I encourage everyone to hold their questions and put them in the chat. We'll get to them at the end. Okay, so uh, we will start with, with a little bit of numbers. I promise you that there will be much more stories uh, and uh, than the numbers, but I think that it's important for us to just to um, level on on the on the actual facts. So uh, the Arab community in Israel. Uh, is almost 20% of the total uh, uh, population of citizens in Israel, uh, about uh, 2 million uh, people. Uh, half of, uh, of the Arab uh, community in Israel are under the age of 25, so it's a very, very young uh, population. And this is something that is also very important, and I will tell you in a bit uh, why it is important. Um, the, if you look at the socioeconomic uh, um, level of, uh, of the Arab community in Israel, it is usually uh, in, the, in the lower um, um, levels of socioeconomically speaking, uh, with, the, with higher rates of an unemployment. Uh, and uh, maybe, if, uh, for example, if we look at uh, the uh, the uh, um, uh, the rate of uh, of students that had graduated from high school with a, with the um, uh, with a uh, high school degree, um, the rate of of, of students uh, within the Jewish community is seventy five percent. While on uh, the Arab community in Israel, the rate of, uh, of students with a degree uh, of high, high school degree is 60%. Um, on the other hand, uh, if you look at uh, the, um, the income, uh, um, uh, the lower income, uh, if you look at, uh, at the Arab community in Israel, 70% uh, of the Arabs in Israel uh, are um, having or are getting, receiving uh, the lowest uh, income uh, in, in, you know, in all uh, rates of, uh, of uh, the Israeli uh, economic, while on the uh, Jewish uh, um, um, 
community, we're talking about uh, less than 30%. Um, this is this is due to to a lot of uh, a lot of reasons. One is historic, uh, for, uh, of course, because until the mid seventies uh, and until the the first uh, years of the nineteen uh, eighties, uh, the Arab community in Israel was marginalized uh, in in the economic and in the uh, higher education uh, um, spheres within within Israel. Uh, after the 90s and, uh, and, the, and the year 2000, that changed, um, mainly because of the fact that um, uh, Israel had um, uh, wanted to be part of the OECD uh, um, community. The OECD community is a, is a very, very prestigious uh, uh, economic, uh, international economic uh, club. And uh, the OECD said uh, basically to uh, the state of Israel, if you do not invest in the ultra-Orthodox uh, community, the Jewish ultra-Orthodox community in Israel and the Arab uh, community in Israel, uh, the economics of Israel will not, uh, will not develop uh, by uh, 2050. Um, so there are, there are a lot of obstacles uh, um, when we talk about the development or the socioeconomic development uh, within the Arab community. But um, me as an, uh, a social and political activist, uh, I choose to uh, be a much more optimistic uh, uh, person. And in that sense, I choose also to look at the bright sides, and I will give you two or three uh, numbers, and then I will I'll talk about uh, about uh, more of the personal work uh, that I do. Uh, in the last decade, uh, there is uh, a raise of fifteen percent uh, of a number of Arab students going to higher education in uh, the Israeli uh, uh, universities. Out of them. Uh, of all Arab students in Israel, uh, 70% of all students in Israel are women. So this is something that, uh, if you compare it 20 years ago, uh, this is a remarkable revolution. Uh, we can see that um, Arab women, uh, Arab young women uh, in, the, uh, in the Arab community in Israel are really the agents of change. Uh, whether it's uh, on the employment uh, um, sphere, whether it's in higher education, uh, you can see that there are more and more uh, senior officials uh, in, in municipalities, um, in the media, in the businesses, and even on the, uh, in, in politics. Um, in, in all, I can say that um, the startup nation uh, that Israel uh, had started to, to develop uh, or to be developed as a startup nation in the last uh, uh, 15 years had also um, affected uh, positively, of course, uh, on the economics of the, of the Arab community in Israel. We can see that more and more uh, Arab young engineers uh, coming from the Technion, which is the uh, Israeli MIT, um, and be uh, a part of the uh, of this uh, technological um, uh, revolution. Um, why do I do what I uh, do uh, um, in general? Maybe I can uh, tell you a little bit about uh, my own personal uh, journey. Uh, 20 years ago, um, I was a young uh, mother of two, um, and we lived in Nazareth. Uh, we lived in a, in, in a really nice uh, neighborhood. And um, in the, uh, during that time, uh, it was a very, very peaceful and calm uh, um, neighborhood. But more and more, um, people had been involved in violence and in... Uh, um, a positioning of illegal weapon in uh, in the Arab towns and villages, and uh, there was one incident where uh, my uh, my daughter's uh, birthday uh, um, 
event was and uh, we were just getting inside the, our house uh, getting out of the uh, of the car uh, and uh, there was a huge fight between two people from the neighborhood which they brought up their illegal weapon guns and they started shooting uh, at one another uh, and for for me it was uh, a very very um, traumatic and alarming um, uh, event um, before that I I thought I you know I I wasn't as much as involved as an activist uh, but uh, for me I think that that event or that day I understood that if we as a community would uh, continue to talk about the fact that uh, Israel is a state or as policy or as a government is uh, prejudiced against us and is racist against us and not to do anything about it and not to take uh, uh, reality and to be agents of change, nothing will happen. Uh, so at that uh, at that month after that event, um, I started to work with uh, with the Arab uh, local governments, believing that the Arab local uh, uh, governance is the is the largest, the, the most difficult, but the largest, most important key uh, for any socio and economical uh, change. And in that sense, that was the trigger where I established the uh, Injaz Center. Uh, where we started as a very, very uh, small uh, non-profit organization working with uh, Arab local governance, uh, Arab mayors, Arab uh, senior officials uh, to um, make uh, their uh, ask vis-a-vis the government on, based on data, based on budgets, based on research, uh, and uh, making the case in which that were we cannot only say that uh, our situation is a, is a very, very difficult and com- uh, complex situation and we cannot do anything about it. We need to change uh, the discourse in a way that we have to say that it is in our hands and we can change uh, our reality uh, by um, uh, asking and going uh, to the um, um, uh, governmental uh, circles of, of decision-making uh, and presenting our own uh, case. Okay. After 10 years, after 10 years, and uh, with this, I will, you know, I will end the, the first question. Uh, after 10 years of, uh, of establishing Injaz, Injaz became uh, one of the uh, leading uh, uh, non-profit working with the government on uh, budget allocations of almost uh, 15 billion shekel, the non-22 uh, governmental resolution. Uh, and this is something that I'm, of course, uh, proud of. Excellent. That's very impressive the way that you were able to grow something from, I'm sure, just having a couple of people working with you. How many employees um, do you have now? How many people work there now? Well, I, I um, uh, stepped out as, right. uh, as, uh, as being the CEO of Enjaz uh, three years ago. Uh, and uh, when when we started, it was only me <laughs> at the beginning. And uh, when I left uh, in jazz, it was uh, uh, a large uh, uh, organization with a very, very uh, well-established uh, work with uh, almost 70 uh, Arab municipalities. Wow, unbelievable. Excellent growth. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Now, describe for us a little bit the makeup of the Arab-Israeli or Israeli-Arab community in terms of religion. There are Muslim groups, there are Christian populations. Would you say that these uh, two different religions are making Arabs very different? Are they similar? Are there cultural differences? Can you tell us a bit about that? So, uh, first of all, Arab uh, Arab citizens of Israel are indigenous uh, uh, people. Who, you know, who our great great uh, grandfathers and mothers uh, lived here, um, uh, and uh, uh, the Arab community in Israel live uh, in uh, uh, mostly in, in, in small towns and uh, and villages. Uh, in the Galilee, uh, in um, in the center of Israel, and in the Negev, uh, part of uh, of the Arab community also live in 
what we call mixed cities, uh, which are uh, Akka, uh, Haifa, uh, Yaffa, Ramli, and uh, and Lod. Um, and um, you know, uh, almost eighty-five percent, eighty-seven percent of the total population uh, of the Arab community in Israel are Muslims. Um, the, uh, the the you know uh, there is uh, seven almost seventy percent seven percent that are Christians uh, within the Christian community, uh, the Christian Arab community. There are of course Protestants, uh, 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 Catholics, uh, Greek Orthodox, uh, etc. And also there uh, there are the Druze community. Uh, which is also an Arab community. They are not; uh, they have their own religious, but they are also um, um, uh, Arabs. Um, we are all Arabs. Uh, we have the same uh, history. We have the same uh, traditions. We have the same uh, narrative, um, and we have the same, of course, the same uh, reality. Uh, but there are uh, several nuances, of course, uh, more on the cultural uh, nuance. Uh, I am a Muslim uh, uh, Arab, um, and uh, you know I grew up in uh, in a mixed uh, town of of Muslims and uh, and Christians in uh, in Nazareth. Uh, I learned in um, in in my high school it was a, a private Catholic Catholic school, uh, so it's a very very tough uh, school, but <laughs> it's a very good one. Um, uh, and uh, I have a lot of, you know, uh, Christian uh, uh, friends. I have also a lot of, uh, of Jewish friends, obviously. Uh, for me, um, being a friend of someone, uh, I look for people that have good values, uh, that are human, uh, that are humane, uh, people that are humble, and uh, people that accept me for who I am. Uh, so these are my friends. Um, and, uh, you know, um, we grew up in a, in a town where uh, uh, my, our neighbor were, uh, our neighbors were, were Christians. So every, every time we have a, a, a Christmas, they, they invited us to, to, you know, to put the, uh, the things on the tree, etc., uh, etc., uh, so it's a it's a nice it's a nice relation. Um, if to be a little bit more on the depth uh, side, I think that uh, there are times where, uh, sadly speaking, uh, Christians uh, and maybe also Druze feel that they are a minority within a minority, um, and uh, there are some sort of a, sometimes there are sort of a tension. I think that uh, the Muslim community um, within uh, within the Arab community, the Muslim community, because of uh, of the fact that we are the majority, uh, we are responsible to making sure that uh, we you know we are inclusive uh, and that all uh, minorities within the Arab community feel uh, that they are part of uh, of the total uh, population. And do you believe that the um, there's enough cultural similarities between Muslim Arabs and Christian Arabs that it's very seamless? Or would you say that uh, it would you say that the culture is the same, but the religion is different? Yeah, the culture, of, of course, is the same. Well, you know, it's the same music. It's the same literature. It's the same. Uh, narrative, it's the same heritage, it's the same food, which is very, very important as well. Um, but, you know, as I said, there are different nuances based, uh, based on the fact of that religious is also culture uh, and uh, religious symptoms, uh, symbols are, are something that also affect uh, the culture. Excellent. Thank you so much. Um, it's very interesting. I'm, I'm from New York, so I went to public school and I had every type of person in my class. So I relate to that. But I think when you come to Israel, you have all these questions when you have, when you didn't grow up there, you have all these questions about, um, who's getting along with who and who identifies with who and who relates to who and in what way. And so it's interesting to hear 
hear from you. So our next. I think that one one of the the problems, the fundamental problems uh, in uh, in Israel uh, as a state is the fact that uh, we have four different separate educational systems. We have the uh, the Arab uh, educational system, whether it's uh, within the the private uh, Catholic uh, schools or the the governmental public schools, uh, and this uh, uh, educational system is run and is managed uh, in Arabic. Uh, we have uh, the what is what is usually referred as the regular uh, Israeli Jewish uh, educational system. Uh, we have the um, uh, religious Jewish uh, um, or religious Zionist educational system, uh, and we have the ultra-Orthodox Jewish uh, educational system. And the fact that um, you can spend your entire uh, 18 years from uh, the, the beginning of your life without uh, meeting any other uh, uh, kid from uh, from those other uh, three um, uh, educational system, and you have a totally different um, curriculum. You have a totally different, um, I wouldn't say values, but you have a totally different aspects of uh, of in- that emphasizes what uh, what is uh, education, whether it's um, what do you emphasize on religion, or you re- emphasize on on Zionism, or you emphasize on math and and English, etc., uh, etc. Et so it's very very. I think that um, this is uh, the main one of the main obstacles, uh, mainly for currently, but also in the future that uh, would prevent um, communities in Israel. Uh, interact, understand deeply, understand uh, the um, the differences, but also the the uh, the similarities between uh, each uh, each one and uh, and one. Absolutely, that's very important. So, are you an advocate for bringing people together in the education system? Well, uh, I think that you know, I believe in uh, in a. Um, somewhat in a hybrid uh, model in a way that I believe and I understand and I agree uh, of the importance to keep uh, for each uh, educational system its own uh, identity. Uh, for me, for my kids, I want them to uh, to be taught, uh, you know, the, the Arabic uh, um, uh, literature uh, and the Arabic uh, history, etc., etc., but I, but what I think should be done is, um, in addition to the this first floor, uh, what I call it, a first floor of very very separate uh, uh, educational system. I believe that there should be uh, the begin uh, the building of a second floor, where a much more civil or a civic um, uh, um, mutual. Uh, Educational system should be should be uh, established where uh, students from every school can uh, be aware of uh, what impo- what is important for other uh, students from from the other uh, educational system. And uh, when I look at our politics uh, in Israel, I think that it is um, a reflection of this uh, separation. Um, we are in Israel very, very, uh, you know, we're very, very experts in, in the politics of identities, but I think that uh, there should be uh, another layer uh, to be uh, built, uh, uh, taking the, the, the civil uh, identity and promoting it, developing it, and, uh, and bringing content uh, to it. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing that unique idea. So tell us a little bit about the, uh, the, what we can learn as a distinction in the Arab Muslim society. So give us a little bit of a picture of some religious customs, 
some cultural customs, things that might be different in social in the social structure or religious things that we may not know about. Maybe not some of the standard things that are things that are a little bit more niche that we that we interested in learning. Uh, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear the the last. Said I asked if you could uh, talk about some of the niche or unique um, things that we might not know about in Muslim society, and that could be religious, cultural, traditional. Okay, so um, the the Muslim uh, society in Israel, the Muslim Arab society in Israel. Uh, is very, very similar, culturally speaking, uh, to the Jordanian uh, uh, or the uh, Syrian uh, um, uh, Muslim uh, Arab uh, society, culturally uh, uh, and, you know, uh, tradition-wise. One difference between us and, you know, and Syrians, for example, is that uh, within the Syrian or the uh, or the Lebanese uh, uh, or the even the Iraqi um, uh, Arab uh, Muslim uh, society, uh, where they have several um, sects within within uh, the Muslim community. Uh, you know, we, they have uh, Sunni and Shia and other uh, different uh, um, uh, sub-communities. Um, in Israel, the Muslim um, uh, community is all Sunni. Uh, we don't have any Shia. Uh, so it's a much more uh, relaxed uh, <laughs> community in, in this sense. Um Culturally speaking, I'm, I can say that, uh, and this is something that is um, similar to what, you know, trends that are happening in the Arab uh, world and also in, in other parts uh, of the world, uh, where you can see that um, um, more and more people, uh, young people, and it doesn't matter if there are more academics or if they are a more, um, you know, professional, etc. And more and more people are getting closer to and closer to religious, um, or, or may, may I say, to practicing a religion. Um, and I think that this is part of, uh, you know, of uh, of maintaining um, 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 some sort of a identity, uh, a cultural religious identity. You can see that uh, more people, more younger people, uh, are fasting in Ramadan, uh, going to uh, the Hajj in Saudi, uh, pilgrimage, and uh, uh, there are more and more people, uh, young people as well, that are going to the mosque, uh, pray on on Fridays. Um, but again, if uh, I want to emphasize that that doesn't say uh, a lot about, you know, uh, the political um, uh, translation of it, uh, because I think that uh, more people from our community um, getting more, uh, practicing more uh, religious, it doesn't say that they are... Um, their politics uh, is is uh, is more of um, of saying that we want to be um, um, a part of the Israeli uh, um, how do you say political environment. Um, if you look even at uh, at our uh, political uh, uh, um, parties uh, in the last uh, couple of uh, of uh, weeks. Uh, the the Islamic movement within within the Knesset is uh, leading a, a very very uh, brave, <laughs> if I say, um, um, trend where they are saying that okay maybe um, you know the Likud party and the, its leader Bibi Netanyahu is not uh, our partner in on the political uh, um, uh, platform but we have to negotiate with uh, with the, the Likud uh, government in order for us to get more advanced uh, on budget allocations within for the for the Arab community so there there is a much more pragmatism 
in our politics. Um, and uh, you know, the, there are a lot of tra- trends that you can you can see uh, that are resembling to what is happening also in the Arab world. Okay, great. Um, very interesting about more religious people coming back to the religion. Uh, this is a two-part question. How do you and your community view the place of Arab society in Israel today? What are your thoughts and feelings about a minority in a Jew about being a minority in a Jewish state? And um, what are the most politically pressing socioeconomic issues for the Arab people in in Israel today? Okay, <laughs> so I will start with the uh, with the first question. Um, I would say that uh, uh, the Arab uh, minority in Israel are constantly reminded uh, of the fact that uh, we are a minority. Even if uh, you go and drive, uh, um, you know, a main road or, or a main highway uh, uh, in Israel, you can see that um, there are, you know, the signs um, in, you know, uh, near the near the. Uh, 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 near the road uh, are signing mainly uh, uh, Jewish towns and villages. Uh, and you can see that uh, the presence of, of, uh, of Arabic language and Arabic culture uh, and, uh, uh, and Arabic um, uh, presence uh, in politics, in the media, in the Israeli media, of course, um, in decision making and in higher education is something that we have to struggle for constantly. Um, you know, I um, um, after I graduated from high school in Nazareth, uh, I went and uh, started my uh, bachelor uh, degree in, in Jerusalem in the Hebrew University, and uh, I majored in, in psychology. Uh, and there, in in uh, in our class, uh, we were 120 uh, students, uh, and I was the I with along with another uh, Arab student. We were the only um, two Arab students in in our class. Um, and back at that time, I'm not saying that people treated us uh, uh, differently, but people couldn't really understand how to treat us. Um, there was um, a constant reminder of the fact that um, there is some sort of an estrangement. Um, now, as I said earlier, um, because I'm of the fact that I'm a political activist, I choose every day to be an optimist and try to figure out where the points of light. Uh, and in that sense, I uh, started uh, realizing that um, if I take the, um, um, the position of being a victim, it would not only influence uh, a Jewish majority uh, uh, treatment uh, uh, for me, but it would also uh, affect me uh, of, of, of how do I perceive myself. Um, uh, I wanted for, for my whole life to empower myself and to empower my community by saying that um, the, uh, the, the solution um, and the change uh, we have to bring it. Um, you know, I, I can give you one one example. Uh, two years ago, uh, the Minister of uh, Finance uh, wanted to have a special committee uh, to examine an issue of uh, you know of uh, of uh, a pension. Uh, this is something that you know it's it's an economical issues for all uh, citizens in Israel. Um, and the Minister of, uh, of uh, Finance asked me to be um, a public representative. And I, of course, I, I, I agreed and I was honored to, to be part of this committee. But what amazed me and surprised me and made me really mad is that there were a lot of uh, people from my community that asked me, why do you go to these committee? Committee. It's like something that it doesn't um, affect us 
directly. It's something for all citizens. And I said, yes, because of the fact that it is something for all citizens and because of the fact that I'm not only a minority here, I'm a citizen as well. And, and being a citizen, I have a responsibility to all citizens in Israel, not only to people from Imm al-Fahim and Nazareth, but also I have a responsibility for people in, in Haifa, in Tel Aviv, and in Beersheba. And in that sense, I want to be part of this uh, uh, com- uh, committee. So if I'm trying to, to, to answer this, uh, this question uh, with, uh, with the notion of, of saying that once the minority take responsibility not only um, on changing its own reality, but changing also the majority's reality into a better reality, then we would really start being much more empowered. Excellent, beautiful. Nothing that I like better than someone taking responsibility, especially the women. So here's my next question. Um, Do Israeli Arabs view themselves as part of the larger Palestinian people? And we're talking about the Palestinian people in the West Bank and Gaza. If a Palestinian state would come about Um, in the West Bank and Gaza, would or should the status of Israeli Arabs change and and go to become something else? Um, Would they, in in your view, would they have joint citizenship in both states? What about the relationship to Palestinians in Jordan and the rest of the world? What do you see as your responsibility toward those communities? So... um... I will answer this question uh, in in two parts. One is saying that before the establishment of of the state of Israel, uh, the people that uh, lived here um, uh, were all Palestinians. Um, A large part of uh, the Palestinian uh, people uh, became uh, refugees and uh, um, a smaller uh, part of, uh, of the Palestinian people stayed in their villages and uh, mainly in their villages uh, and became uh, uh, citizens of the state of Israel. Um, what differentiates me uh, and my generation uh, from my father and his generation is that uh, for my father, the state of Israel came to him, uh, and uh, they became citizens uh, with no choice. Our generation um, were born into the state of Israel as citizens, so we do not know any other reality. Uh, for for us, this is a given fact that w- it's it's not to be compromised. It's something that we do value. Um, it doesn't mean that uh, we as a collective uh, had uh, uh, forgotten uh, our heritage, our narrative, uh, and our culture as, uh, as being part of the Palestinian people, but mainly uh, uh, our daily life is, uh, is being held as, uh, as, and managed as uh, Israeli uh, citizens. If, if you remember a year ago, uh, when the Trump administration tried to uh, to put the uh, the uh, deal of the century, there was one uh, element within the um, uh, the this uh, um, uh, uh, issue where uh, there was some sort of a proposition where part of the Arab towns and and villages in the uh, center of Israel would be. Um, transported uh, even not geographically but uh, but even uh, you know uh, on the citizen uh, uh, ship issue uh, to the uh, Palestinian uh, state and all of our community refused of course and struggled against it whether it's uh, Arab uh, mayors uh, whether it's Arab uh, politicians uh, and Arab uh, community leadership so this is something that uh, we we are not to co- to compromise in any uh, situation, 
to tell you that it's um, it's something that is a simple uh, um, uh, situation. No, we have a lot of dilemmas, uh, but uh, but it's something that uh, that uh, we had uh, decided upon uh, once we accepted the uh, once our. Uh, father's generation accepted the uh, the uh, Israeli citizenship. Um, in a way, if you look at uh, the political uh, map uh, within our own community and the Arab uh, society in Israel, you could see that 80% of the total population uh, votes every, every, every time uh, for Knesset members Arab Knesset members, and we want them to influence uh, the Israeli politics. We want them to uh, to develop uh, um, uh, uh, the um, uh, the notion of uh, and the content of what uh, what does it mean to be an Israeli citizen in this state. Uh, so this is something that is clear cut uh, for us as well. Okay, great. So I suppose your answer would be. Some people took on took on the citizenship. Some people's parents took on the citizenship, and some people were um, and some people were in the other territories. And so it all depends, kind of on on where you're from, what you believe today, and who your parents are. Uh, yes, but in, in, in general, but in generally generally speaking, uh, you know every. Every Arab that lives uh, within the the Israeli uh, borders uh, is a citizen, is a full citizen. Um, there are, of course, Arab Palestinians that are living in Eastern Jerusalem, uh, which they have a very very specific uh, uh, situation where they are um, not to. Uh, not considered to be citizens. Um, they have the Israeli passport, but they don't have uh, citizenship yet. Okay, thank you. Moving on to our last question, and then we're going to take questions. What do you see as the future for the Arab community in Israel? Do you see the Arab parties in the Knesset becoming part of a future government instead of being in opposition? Uh, what do you see as the best possible outcome for harmony, prosperity? How do we achieve that? Okay, so I, I can um, bring you one example to 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 realize the potential, the huge potential of of the Arab community as as uh, major players uh, in the future of uh, of the state, uh, whether it's economical, political, social, and cultural. Uh, after the um, um, uh, the Dubai uh, or the Gulf uh, 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 area um, uh, peace uh, treaties with uh, with Israel uh, last uh, summer, um, there was like huge um, uh, movement of uh, trade, uh, of uh, uh, collaborations, business collaboration. Uh, whether it's technological, whether it's uh, um, research, uh, whether it's tourism, from the Arab uh, citizens of, uh, of Israel to the Gulf uh, um, countries. And uh, I'm, I'm presenting this example uh, mainly to focus on uh, the potential um, role of, uh, of the Arab uh, community in Israel. I always say that uh, we are the only uh, community in the world uh, that, are, that um, are the creation of both worlds. We are the creation of the Western democracy, uh, but we are also the creation of the Eastern uh, Arab um, um, uh, world. And in that sense, we understand and we speak the two languages, not only Arabic or Hebrew, but we understand fully uh, uh, what does it mean to be an Arab and what does it mean to be uh, an Israeli. And in that sense, I hope that we will play a larger um, uh, role in in the future also in in peace building, because for me, peace is not only signing uh, the uh, the the contract. It's also it means uh, building peace within communities, building peace between uh, people. Um, 
you asked also about, uh, um, um, you know, being part of, of any future coalition. I think that uh, the last uh, year had brought us uh, a lot of uh, surprises uh, in the political uh, map uh, uh, within the Arab uh, um, uh, leadership. Uh, in a way that uh, a very very important taboo was was uh, um, um, was demolished uh, for the first time ever. Uh, the the joint Arab list uh, in the Knesset had um, recommended uh, um, um, Benny Gantz for uh, for being uh, prime minister, and that was. A major uh, taboo that, uh, as I said, that was uh, that was uh, um, broken. Uh, I guess that in the coming years we will see more and more uh, surprises uh, in the uh, in the actions taken by uh, Arab politicians uh, in the future. Very exciting times. I believe. I believe with you. I feel the change. Um, and a lot of positivity, too, as uh, the younger generations start taking active roles in government and sharing things that they've learned at university, sharing discussions that they're having with each other. So this is excellent. I'm going to take questions now. We, um, I would love, um, Raida, if you can take, if you could try to give your answers to every question in just about a minute. This way we have time to get to everybody's questions. So I'm going to scroll back up to the top here. We had one question um, from Peta or Pita, and she says that she would like you to respond to the concept of the Jewish state, because at the beginning of my talk, I, I said that our community is involved in the um, progression of the Jewish state. And so a couple people were interested to know, is this a politically loaded term for you? How do you feel about the term, the Jewish state? Okay, so in one minute, <laughs> as I said, uh, being uh, an Arab uh, citizen of the state of Israel uh, holds a lot of uh, dilemmas and difficulties and complexities. Uh, but uh, when we talk about the geopolitical uh, solutions in 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 our region, and we uh, as a as a community vote for um, and struggle also for two-state solution, then when we talk about the uh, um, establishing the Palestinian state uh, in the West Bank and Gaza, then uh, we have to accept uh, the fact that Israel is a Jewish state. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Do you consider, well, we, we sort of know the answer to this question, but coming from Jake, this was earlier on, do you consider yourself an Israeli Part two, do you think Arab and Jewish Israelis can build a shared national identity? Shared civic identity, not a shared national identity, because my nationality is different than the Jewish nationality. But I, I believe that we could uh, build a shared uh, uh, a citizenship where it's not just on paper. It's full of content, it's full of ideas, ideology, um, uh, solidarity, equality, um, et cetera, et cetera. So this is my response. Um, we have a question from Jeff. He says, I'm very active with the Lone Soldier Center. There are a number of Arab lone soldiers at the center because they have been ostracized from their families and communities. Could you talk about what is needed for the IDF service to be accepted within the Arab community? Is that even a possibility? As long as there, you know, as long as there is there is occupation, and as long as the Palestinian-Israeli conflict is is here to stay, uh, uh, the issue of IDF of uh, the Israeli army is something that is a very very sensitive issue within the Arab community in a, in, in, a, in whole. Um, once uh, uh, the the Palestinian-Israeli uh, conflict is uh, is ended, and once the Palestinian state is established, uh, I think that there will be a lot of uh, changes that we can see. Excellent. Question from Roni. 
How do you feel the nationality law passed last year would affect the fragile relationship between Arab-Israeli citizens and Jews? Uh, well, it started uh, already. started with uh, uh, several attempts uh, to, um, you know, to marginalize uh, um, and to, uh, um, you know, make uh, the, the Arabic language uh, not present uh, and to make uh, um, the, there were there are a lot of examples in the last uh, couple of, uh, of months um, that translated from the uh, from this silo uh, I think that uh, uh, the political left-wing camp should start uh, not only opposing uh, to the national uh, uh, law, but also to present an alternative. An alternative that I'm, uh, uh, I think that could talk and should talk about uh, equality law uh, and what does it mean to be an Israeli citizen in the state. Beautiful. Um, question from Miri. I know that issues regarding gay rights have threatened the unity of the Arab parties on the joint list. In the future, do you feel that different Arab parties will be able to work together or will these different views on gay rights cause a rift? Okay, so let me start by saying that uh, the Arab community in Israel is a much more traditionalist uh, community, uh, you know, relatively speaking, of course. Uh, and compared to the uh, secular uh, uh, Jewish uh, community uh, in Israel. In that sense, uh, the issue of, uh, of, uh, of gay rights uh, um, is something that is much more sensitive. Uh, as, I, as I mentioned also before, a younger generation is also practicing more and more religion. And you, you know, within the Judaism, Christianity and Islamic, uh, uh, rule of law, um, the issue is, is sensitive. I'm a political uh, social activist and I believe in uh, human rights and in that sense I believe that uh, gay rights are human rights. Um, but I also believe in the power of change and I believe that in that sense there is an, an evolution uh, that uh, that is happening. Uh, we are part of the world, you know, globally speaking, uh, and we are also affected by uh, by things that are happening in Israel and also in uh, internationally speaking. So, do you believe that the parties are going to be able to come to an agreement at some point in the future, or become more progressive? Um, there is, you know, uh, the the political, the Arab political parties. There are four Arab political parties that are presented in the Knesset, uh, and each one has a very, very, uh, um, you know, very, very strict uh, uh, identity, politically speaking. Um, so, but in 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 that sense, uh, they managed to unite. Uh, for uh, for at least uh, for uh, for uh, uh, years, uh, and in that sense, I think that uh, they understand that uh, there are much important uh, issues uh, to be united upon, um, and that they can work even if they uh, if they don't uh, agree upon all uh, um, issues. Do you? Uh... Does your activist work extend into the West Bank or Gaza, or do you focus only on Arab communities within Israel? Uh, me personally, I, I um, uh, focus uh, on on my work within within the uh, the borders of the Israeli state, working with the Arab community in Israel. There are several uh, Arab NGOs in Israel that work with, uh, um, you know. Um, other NGOs in Ramallah, mainly in, in the West Bank, uh, on you know humanitarian issues, on women's issues, uh, uh, students, etc., etc. Moving on, some Arab countries don't want peace with Israel until there is a resolution between Israel. I can't hear you, Shana. Hmm. Yeah. Let me try again. How now? Yes. 
Some Arab countries don't want peace with Israel until there is a resolution between Israel and Palestine. How do most Arab Israelis feel about this? This question is coming from Misha. Well, I I totally understand it. You know, I as I mentioned before, uh, the issue of occupation and the issue of uh, um, uh, ending uh, the conflict uh, uh, between the Palestinians and Israel uh, and establishing the Palestinian state is something that is very very um, uh, crucial to to the Arab community in Israel. Uh, and I think that it's an uh, it's an issue um, that once uh, the government, the Israeli government, and the Palestinian Authority would um, agree upon, it will uh, open a lot of uh, other channels of uh, of, uh, of collaborations, uh, whether it's um, uh, within within the the Arab world, but also within the Muslim world. You know that there are a lot of Muslim countries that are not uh, that are not Arabs. Uh, so this is something that I truly believe uh, that it's uh, it's a very very crucial key for any uh, future collaborations uh, between Israel and uh, the Muslim and the Arab world. Excellent. Thank you for that. Now we are going to wrap up unless anybody has one more question. I'm going to give everybody a moment to put in any other question that you may have while I talk about what is up ahead. So first of all, thank you, Raida, for both giving us the extended versions of the questions and answers, as well as giving us the one-minute um, uh, concise answers that we, we had only time for at the end. So up next, our... Sons of Abraham series continues. We will be speaking with a Palestinian man. He is an activist. He has been in prison before for his activism. His name is Suleiman Khatib. He is the founder and director of Combatants for Peace and a Nobel Peace Prize nominee. So he is going to be with us. Yes, we're very much looking forward. So everybody can bring their questions. We're going to talk to him about what life is like, as I should say, on the other side of the border. Um, even though those borders are so thin, but they are very present. And so we do not get to always hear from those people um, in those in the territories. And we're going to hear from them next week. It doesn't seem that anybody has any more questions, which means that you have used all of the subjects that you have learned in order to inform us on the psychology and the budget and the law. So thank you so much for all of that. Everyone, um, I would love if you want to hear more from us to please put your email in the chat and I am going to save your email, get you onto our mailing list so that you'll never miss any of our events. I am a news reporter and journalist when I'm not doing the Sunset Series. So I produce a daily show called the Israel Daily News Podcast, which is an, an energetic roundup of the daily headlines coming out of Israel. I do one to two minute stories. You get five of them. And then at the end, uh, we put some music from up and coming Israeli artists. So if anybody knows anyone who is putting out music, Arab or Israeli, that would be excellent. So you can find that. Please put your email addresses. We'll get you on our mailing. And you can find us. I'm going to write here in the chat, Tribe Tel Aviv. You can find us on social media, on Facebook. And you can find me. I'm putting my contact information for Instagram and for Facebook as well. Um, right? is there anything that you would like to tell us or any way that we can, that anybody who has more questions can contact you? Uh, well, you can put my email, of course, and uh, I would be happy to, uh, you know, answer any any other questions and, and remarks. And thank you very much. Thank you. Like I said, if anybody would like to get in touch with Raida, I have her email address and her contact information, so please do reach out. And if you would like to get on our mailing list or find out any more information about the Sunset Series, about Tribe Tel Aviv events, or about um, my my show that I do separately, the Israel Daily News Podcast, I would be happy to answer those questions. In the meantime, everyone have an excellent week. Shavua Tov. Thank you, Raida, for your time. Thank you.